episode 236 of The Platformers, a show about games and nerd culture, and I am your host, Brian Barnett. I'm Chris Shriver. I'm Ronnie Barrier. Hey, it's hey. Ronnie. Welcome back, bud. It's me. Thanks. You invited me back against your better judgment. It's true. It's true. I wrestled long and hard with it, but I finally... Uh, but Josh left, and so I had no choice. I so, Yeah. I had to put somebody. We're not allowed to have two chairs on this show. It must be three. There must always be a Lich King, as they say. And uh, so we brought Ronnie in to do to fill that. Surprise! You're the Lich, you're the new Lich King. I, I've been called worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back back when you were in grade school and everybody called you the Bitch King. <laughs> <laughs> you found it. That was it. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about uh, this week. Um, Ronnie and I have been playing a little game that is sweeping the fighting game community for better and for worse, a little game called DNF Duel, which, uh, Ronnie actually reviewed for IGN. Yay! I did. They let me do that. Yeah. I mean, they chose well. They chose, that, that, they chose I'm well. I'm hoping so. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. What, what's, you came onto it a little bit later than me, Brian. I don't know how you usually, uh wrangle this rodeo but what are your thoughts about it well let's i'll i'll go into my kind of overall high level thoughts then i kind of want to get into specifics uh with you and talk about ways in which this is different from your average fighting game um because i think there are some really interesting ways that it kind of differentiates itself from the rest of the pack and kind of carves out its own little niche um both in my heart and in like the greater fighting games community. But overall, uh, I'm, I have fun with it. I think it's, I think it's pretty good. I think it's totally ridiculous in a lot of ways. Um, but much like this is just a, 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 an Arxis staple, but the characters are all like pretty different. That is something that I really value in, uh, whether it be Blaze Blue or Guilty Gear or now DNF Duel, um, now and this might be correct me if I'm wrong. This is Arxis published or it's Arxis co-developed. It's co-developed, I believe. I don't know okay. exactly what they did totally on it, um, but they worked with Aiding, who did Marvel vs. Capcom Three, um, as well as some other fighting games. So it's it's that kind of nonsense. In case you were yeah. wondering. Yeah. yeah, it's it's that sort of stuff, which which Ronnie can definitely speak to more than I can because I I have very limited experience with uh, Marvel versus Capcom. Um, but when you compare it to a lot of uh, other Arc System Works games that I have tons of experience with, specifically like Blaze Blue and then also Guilty Gear, a lot of the characters do have a lot of personality. So like Berserker is very reminiscent of somebody like Ragnar the Blood Edge, which is the character that I played in Blaze Blue, uh, and like some other characters. The mechanics aren't exactly the same, although some of them kind of are. But like, just as far as fla- like character flavor, you know, um, Enchantress is, has some things that are similar to Carl Clover and other like puppet characters from Arc System Works games. Uh, there is more to differentiate them because there are some characters that just are not not much like anything that they've done before or are like things they've done before, but like taken to 10, like Ranger, like Ranger is different, is is kind of similar to happy chaos. But like, what if you didn't have to manage resources almost at all? And you could just shoot people across the screen 
and be totally ridiculous. I mean, yeah, you say that. That I think that's just everyone. Um, I, yeah. I described it in the review as just uh, something like uh, just a wild game with nonsense characters and nonsense moves. It's they they bump everyone's power up to eleven and just say, "All right, deal with it." Like, yeah, you've got twelve things you can do that are unfair, but so does your opponent. So you have to just kind of go with it from there. I think the best way I heard it described was a game with MVC and Marvel versus Capcom like moves, but with Street Fighter movement, which are yeah. two things that are kind of incompatible because if you look at MVC, people are super jumping, you know, three heights above where the screen should be and like shooting giant blasts down to the corner and just covering the screen constantly. So imagine that, but you can't get out of the way most of the time. And, and that's, that's a lot of what DNF Duel is. Yeah, and there's no air. There's no air blocking. No air blocking. Uh, no air dashing unless you're playing Dragon Knight or like Kunoichi has a double jump. Uh, there's like certain command jumps, but it's a relatively grounded game for how crazy it is. It's it's yeah, it's really nuts, but it's also committal. So yeah. it's it's one of those scenarios where yes, Hitman has a crouching medium attack that goes two thirds of the way across the screen. But Ranger also has guns that can shoot you from across the screen. Launcher has rockets that come down from the sky. Like, there's just... Screen control is so accessible to so many characters. And because you can't block when you jump, staying on the ground is is, uh, more advantageous than in other fighting games I've played. Because I think in every fighting game that I've played, you can block in the air. I think this is the first one that you can't. Uh, which yeah, it's become pretty pretty common. Yeah, lately, um, the I think what really made it kind of click for me when I first started playing, I was like, "This feels clunky. This feels heavy. I don't really like this." Um, but the fact that you are under constant threat at full screen at all times, I think, kind of makes you always have to be on your toes, even if it seems safe. Because, like you said, I mean, Hitman, Vanguard, all these different classes have a low attack that's super quick that can cover two thirds to anywhere from there to full screen and then convert that into major damage into yeah. knockdown and the match is over. So forgot to duck across the screen too bad. Um, that kind of thing. So there's, they let it be tense and they let it be weird without, I think I, I can't say it's not unfair yet. There are like things like infinites in the game that they're, they're working on patching out. There is some stuff that's just busted, but that's just par for the course fighting game right now. And it's hard to say what the long-term health of it is going to be. But as for right now, I think they were like, yeah, let's just give everyone nonsense and kind of see what happens. Yeah, and that's kind of... I'm really curious to see how the meta shakes out because everything is so ridiculous. I think I saw someone say something on Twitter, which is like, we don't really know how much of the nonsense that feels like nonsense now is actually nonsense, which I've definitely experienced before because... Uh, not necessarily in Guilty Gear, but in very early Dragon Ball, uh, Goku Black was like considered to be extremely powerful. And even though they didn't take hardly anything away from him, uh, his his power level kind of s- scaled off and he just fell off a cliff and is, and is largely considered... I don't know about their most recent patch because there's a lot of stuff that they gave him. But until this latest patch, he was considered one of the worst characters in the game because he didn't really have ways to open people up. It was stuff that pe- that was tricking people early on, but once you know to look for it, it's not really a threat. Uh, and yeah, I, I well, wonder kind of how the... much of that is going to be true here. Some of it is like, 
like when when you and I were were fighting, um, I've been playing Ghostblade primarily, and you were playing Dragon Knight. A lo- like a lot of round starts, you would jump up into the air, do an air dash, and I'd be getting pressured. But then as soon as I learned, oh, I can do my my uh, my forward mana attack, and I can have my ghost slice upwards into the air, and then slice backwards, and then you can't block in the air. Like now, I can take advantage of this situation. It's like this thing that felt so oppressive, I just didn't know the answer to it. And then I figured out the answer and then we move on. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mitchell Saltzman, who I, I think has been on the show, um, yeah. is also at IGN, one of my friends. We play with him a lot. Uh, he put it in a really good way in that it's just a game of knowledge checks. Like if yeah. you don't know what the other character can do, you're going to get your teeth kicked in until you can figure out what they do and what you have to do to stop it. There's giant fire tornadoes that cover the entire screen there's giant fire wheels that cover half the screen and like yeah if you don't know like what to do you're just going to be stuck there and it's gonna it's gonna give you a bad day and uh chris i don't want to i don't want to take you out of this completely but just hearing hearing that a game has all these insane characters who could do crazy things does that make you want to play it more or less as someone who doesn't really go into fighting games I would say it's less only because of the what sounds like is a time investment, right? Like, mm-hmm. given that you need to know, um, like Brian and I have this really bad habit whenever a new fighting game comes out, where he'll say, you know, we gotta like I'll pick it up and I'll say we have to play together, and he'll have played it for you know three weeks, and then I play it, and he just kicks my teeth in over and over again. Um, and this seems like the perfect uh, type of scenario where. Uh, not knowing anything about how any of these characters behave and him, you know, at that point, probably knowing the vast majority of the roster. Um, it's, it seems like the type of thing where it's like, if you don't get in there from the, you know, from the jump, um, and you go into an online match, like you're going to have a bad time. Um, yeah. now if you're into the type of fighting game where, you know, there is a lot of, uh, it's more strategic, right? It's less, it seems like it's, it sounds like it's less reactionary. I mean, obviously every fighting game has that, but like it's less skill and more just like, like you said, that knowledge check then, um, you know, and making sure that you have like the full breadth of what's happening in this game. Um, it's really, do you like it? Does it look cool enough? And do you like it enough for the investment? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's tricky because this is, this is a fighting game question that I don't know has an answer, but how do you get more casual people into it and how do you keep them in it? Because it's it's probably one of the more frustrating genres out there because if someone knows what they're doing or if they have solid fighting game fundamentals coming from other games and a quote-unquote beginner or someone who's not really in the genre all that much jumps in, how do you keep them from not you know pulling their hair out and then leaving immediately being like, well, obviously I'm... I'm years behind in this how do i even do this now and so they do things like simplified controls which this game has like special moves you can just press a direction and a button or just a button by itself so you don't have to worry about you know fireball motions or dragon punch motions or 360s crazy stuff like that that you have in street fighter so i don't know how you on-ramp people smoothly and have them keep going and not hit that wall of frustration i don't know if there's an answer there brian do you I'm not trying to, it's like I'm hijacking your podcast and asking everyone the questions. I mean, that's you, why, this is why I asked you on, because you're, yeah, you're great to have yeah. on the show. Do you have uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I do. And I think that, I think that Arc System Works is one of the better companies as far as handling this. And I think that how big Dragon Ball was is 
partly because of the license, of course. Um, Dragon Ball is huge. Um, but I think also it's adding things like auto combos. Uh, it's adding things like things that are easy to input but are still really flashy and satisfying and powerful. Like things that are easy to do but are powerful. And I feel like this is where DNF Duel kind of excels. As much mm-hmm. as there are knowledge checks and as much as it might feel, Chris, like if you don't get in on the ground floor, you're kind of screwed. I actually don't think that's the case with this game. I I, I feel like because so many of the options that so many of the characters have are so strong. It's pretty easy to just jump in, press a button, be like, oh, that's really good. I'm going to do that again. And like, just kind of feel your way through it. And because like Ronnie said, the inputs are so simplified, there are uh, opportunities for you to, I think, gain an advantage on your uh, meter recovery. If you do more complicated inputs, than if you just do these straight button inputs on the, uh, the, the, uh, mana using moves, we should probably do, like get some framing information in on this um, before or before too long. But because that's so easy, this this definitely feels like another one of those games where it's really easy to jump into. the The mastery part of it is the learning your opponent's move set, learning the different things that your character can do, and how to use those to create advantageous scenarios. But I actually found that pretty easy compared to other things. Like, I mean, it, you do have what close to a thousand hours in Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, like you—that's just it. Like you have this, uh, not only a, a game that like is from uh, half the developer, I'll say, right? Um, but it seems like it's almost quasi modeled after, like. Dragon Ball, I think, was people were able to pick up on it because a big part of it because of the license. So, like, you have this affinity to, like, okay, I want to see how this character behaves in this game. Um, yeah. And it was just fun to play, even if you weren't that good at it. Like, there, yeah. like you said, like, there were things in it that made it look flashy. Um, super Dash. Yeah. The, the like, cinematic supers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The Kamehameha is like, I, I have no, I don't know who these characters are in this game. Like, I have no affinity to them. Um, it, it's it is a it is a licensed fighting game based on a mobile RPG. Yeah, like it, it's so. like one of the highest selling games in Korea of yeah. all time. Oh wow, but it has not much presence here. Yeah, yeah Dungeon it, and it Fighter huge overseas. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, like it, and and it's not you know I don't, I'm not saying any of that to like belittle this game at all by any means. No, no, so, no. So I just want to get that you know out there. But um, I think if there is. I feel like a lot of these games, like if you can get somebody like me through the door, it ends up living and dying by what is the single player content for me to learn how to play this game? Because chances are I'm not going to want to go online and, you know, just get spanked for hours and hours on end. Um, Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, um, you know, what do the training areas look like? Um, Are there are there missions around certain things or am I just going into like a dojo mode and just trying to figure out different combos um yeah you know and then you start to you know build a community around it um but yeah i think the i mean it's like anything like if you if you slap an existing ip on it it's you're much more likely to garner a a huge uh just pool of people versus you know like korea i'm sure this is huge in korea right now uh because you know they have they do know these characters um but I mean, I, I wouldn't have even heard of this game had you guys not 
you know, yeah. come on the show and <laughs> talked about it. That, that That's the thing is like, especially, and we just may not be the market for this and that that's totally fine too here, here in the West. But I think licensing is super important. I think that's why Dragon Ball had the, the success it had. Like it, it was a, it's a really fun fighting game too, but yeah. um, the online net code isn't the best. Uh, the game is kind of insane to watch. It's hard to tell what's going on, but the license is so good. The original material is so good that that kept people in there at the beginning. And I, I think I agree about the single player content. That's one of the things I, I kind of talked about in the review is I gave the game an eight because I think it, it plays really well. And I think it has a great foundation for, uh, for just a really cool future in the industry. But, um, the story mode's kind of trash. It's like the writing is pretty bad. It's pretty bad. (laughs) It's like 15 to 20 minute visual novel vignettes with like barely, understandable reasons for why these people are fighting each other. Like they're literally compelled like by a magical or six force or something <laughs> to yeah, fight each other. There's, there's no reason. Uh, as far as the training modes, there are like combo trials and there are info panes that pop up and say, you want to use this move in this situation and that kind of thing. So that I do appreciate. Um, yeah. Like the, like in the, um, uh, just the, the character bios on the character select screen will tell you, uh, when you're like in the tutorial menu, they'll list out this character has a lot of moves that are easy to use. This character has special moves that can chain into each other. This character has like I, I forget like what else there. There's like a lot of stuff like this character can like yeah. shoot from across the screen or like can control like a, a pet character or whatever. Like there's a bunch of like descriptors in there where you can like quickly thumb through the what, 16 characters, 12 yeah. characters. 16. Uh, 16 characters uh, and you can just be like okay what are they good at and then you can jump in and they'll walk you through these are their normals these are their specials these are their uh, like mana using moves or whatever Uh, and then here's like they'll give you like a list of like I think eight uh, combos or eight or nine combos that you can do um, with like increasing difficulty although I'm not sure how many of those are actually useful like I found that like the ones that they were having me do on certain characters, like even midway through were like really tight timing or like just kind of weirdly timed, like particularly with ghost blade, um, which is the character that I play. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think the single player content is not great. It kind of feels like a more extreme version of what I thought of guilty gear strive when it first came out, which is like, I don't love everything that's around it, but once you're actually in the game, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that's stuff that can get fleshed out, you know, over time. I don't know that it will. I don't know, Ryan, don't if you so. have any, yeah, it's kind of seems I mean, like they're, when you have like names like striker and grappler and ranger, I, I think they're less yeah. concerned about the, 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 the stories of the characters and more just about the mechanics and how wacky it can get. Yeah. Um, which is fine. So yeah. I'm yeah. But totally. Um, so an interesting thing about this game and where it kind of differentiates itself from other games is, um, there is a block button. You can still block by like holding backwards, but you can also just hold like, I think right trigger or something. Uh, and yeah, that will just, set it to whatever you want. that will just block and it doesn't matter which side somebody attacks on. So if, if somebody is trying to set up like a left, right mix, it, if you use the block button, that just negates it. It doesn't matter. Uh, and so that makes defense 
um, easy if you're focusing on actually using the block button. Uh, but also, it, the game still has a grab, um, and it's also got uh, a dodge roll, which is really interesting and important to use. You hold the block button when you're uh, holding a directional uh, input. Actually, I think you can only roll forward, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can only roll forward, but you can roll like through your enemy, uh, which is a great way that I've used to like escape pressure that's fake or like try to, if somebody's trying to set something up, I'll just roll to the other side of them and then punish them from the back. Um, which is interesting, and I don't think I've played a game where you could do that. Um, yeah. I think the closest, the closest, actually, I think Persona, you can do that. But I think that's the only other one that I've played where you can. They're getting mixed up in my head. I'm pretty sure there was one Grand Blue, but I don't remember yeah, I if didn't, it had the same properties. Yeah, I didn't yeah, play that. Th- think about the roles, you can get thrown out of it like crazy. So, Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, there's there's definite disadvantages to using it, but I mean, that's... That's a fighting game. Any mechanic that you can have, there's going to be a, a counterplay to it. Yeah, there's layers. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of the block button. Uh, even in Mortal Kombat, I didn't like that really either. Uh, I like the left-right mix-ups and things like that. And just being able to hold a button rather than having to know which way you're going to block is a little weird. I, I usually end up still just blocking it in a direction anyway, which is probably bad because then, you know, I can be hit from behind. But That's that's. Uh, a- how I've been doing it, I typically haven't been using the block button, but a lot of people that I've been fighting, like yourself and Mitch and other uh, other people, have not really been going for left-right mix-ups, probably because you could just block button it. Um, but also, uh, a thing that I thought was interesting about you not using that to avoid left-right mix-ups is before we started the show, I was literally just talking to Chris about uh, Android 21's mix, like level 3 mix, that, that Ronnie... Uh, you're you're welcome. The the Arc System Works gods have smiled upon you. That doesn't exist anymore. I can't do that left right off of Majin. Everybody uh, said amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No more getting hit by that. Thank you. Yeah. But uh, but another interesting thing that this game uh had well two more interesting things that it has is one your resources come back very very quickly and you don't have to do a lot to get them. You have a. Uh, a when you say resources, oh yeah, you're gonna go through those. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so you have a you have a mana bar, and you start with a hundred mana, right? And your your you've got your light, medium, and heavy attacks uh, in this game, and then you've also got your your special attack, which is like each character's unique thing. So for Ghostblade, my character, uh, this is the button that he uses combined with different directions to send out his ghost to do attacks or to do his, his own like sort of attacks and then follow up on them and stuff like that. So um, this uses mana and you can exhaust your mana if you use too much of it. You can overspend, but then it takes longer to charge back up. Uh, but it does charge back up and when you're not using it, it charges up pretty quickly. So you can kind of more liberally use your really powerful moves. And that's kind of what the game is set around is like using your character's special mana using moves. Uh, as you take damage, uh, your mana uh, upper limit increases. So uh, you go from 100 to 200, 300, 400. Um, I forget what the cap is, but it's like it's 200. like the, the whole uh, the whole bar. Um, but but you're also managing uh, white damage and red damage. So um, when you get attacked, there's, there's chip damage in this game. But if you... Uh, that 
your chip damage is white health. And if you don't get hit for a couple of seconds, your white health starts to heal back up. If you get hit by a special attack, like one of those mana spending uh, moves, however, it will destroy all of your white health that you have. Certain characters play around that, like the Berserker on uh, on the back of Ronnie's screen on his PS5 right there. Uh, the Berserker there has a mechanic that specifically plays around that. He can hit his special button and it will activate uh, his kind of Berserker mode and it will slowly deplete his health. Um, well, then if he gets hit by a special move, he's going to lose all of that. Um, so it's risk-reward. Um, but you can also do something called conversion where you can uh, delete your own white health um, in exchange for canceling the recovery on any of your moves or most of, most of your moves. Yeah. Um, Most of them. So you can use that, like if you do something unsafe to try to catch somebody and it doesn't work and you don't want to get punished, you can do that, get rid of your the white health that you would have healed in exchange for keeping yourself safe, which is important because a lot of punishments uh, in this game, a lot of punishes in this game can be like half of your health up to 80% of your health, or you're just dead. So sacrificing that amount of health, even a large amount of health, even though that seems like a really daunting proposition, might actually be the best decision sometimes. Um, so even though the game is overall very simplistic with like light, forward light, back light, like just these directional input, like simple inputs, um, systems like that kind of give this game its depth. Um, so instead of being necessarily execution heavy to just get in the door that stuff is kind of saved for strategizing about how you're going to use these different systems or getting into like really advanced uh combos for like maximum damage or what have you so so it, it uh because of that i do actually feel like this game is more approachable than a lot of other ones like you don't really have to learn about rapid cancels or things like that the way that you do in Guilty Gear. At least that's that's how I feel about it. Ronnie, what do, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I kind of said in the review that I think it's got a really good, smooth on-ramp there at the beginning, and then people are going to hit a brick wall for a while. And if you want to bust through that wall enough, there's a really great game on the other side of it. Um, I think if someone like Chris were to pick it up, I think you would have a lot of fun with it for a few hours, but like going up against someone who understands those systems would be really tough. And I think the the game is niche enough to where casual people playing it are going to fall away pretty quickly, I think. I don't think there's going to be anyone but the people who really understand the systems playing for a while. Um, I can't speak for the Korean market. Um, the first day I played in ranked matches, I did play some people from Korea. It, it felt pretty good um, in terms of, of net codes. Maybe there will be a kind of a thriving scene there. Uh but I don't know. I think people... It's almost like a deer in the headlights or like a false sense of security situation to where it's like, oh, this is pretty... E oh, no. Oh, no. What am I up against? That kind of thing. So, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. That's Trying to predict the, the longevity of any fighting game is kind of a fool's errand. Yeah. But I, I think... I think there's enough there for it to stick around for a while. For sure. It definitely has promise. Yeah. I like and, it a lot. I yeah, think it's great. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, yeah. You do think it's great. Great point oh. Great point If oh. anyone is <laughs> curious, I just saw this and thinking I'm, I'm, I'm lying about all this. I know I only have one trophy on PlayStation, but uh, I reviewed it on PC. So yeah. I just have it up here for the very pretty 
background art. The yeah. Shirtless man back there. He's, he's ripped. He's ripped out of his mind. Chris, where did we lose you in there? Was it somewhere around white damage? Yep. <laughs> okay, almost I, almost I saw the exactly. Eyes go, oh. Yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it it happens, but I was trying to give a to give a, a an explanation of it. And you oh yeah, that wasn't a knock on you, Brian. I'm just in terms of like mechanics of the game. I'm trying on. to figure out yeah where it would lose someone. Yeah. Well, no, but it's also like you know if it's a like. And again, this is no offense to the game or you guys or whatever or the fighting game community. This is a game I will never play. Like nope, for sure, <laughs> just it's just never going to happen for me. Yeah. Um, but I will. I will more than gladly sit quietly while I listen to these two intelligent human beings uh, tell so tell the world about this new title. Thanks, man. DTF <laughs> duel. <laughs> Uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to say about it? Uh, I hope they patch that Crusader Infinite. That's very annoying. God, it's so easy to do, too. Yeah, you can... Crusader, big Jesus man. You can... I'm going to keep bumping this. You can knock someone to the ground, press one button over and over, and then kill they them They just die. Oh, wow. There, yeah. There's some it's, busted stuff. It does need to get patched it's a, soon. It's an aiding game. They're all busted when they start, and they're busted at the end. It's the... It's the fun part during the middle that you get to enjoy. Um, I mean, I think Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is one of the most busted games out there, and it's just a true classic. So busted isn't always bad. Busted can be super fun. But yeah. one button infinite's not as much fun. They should fix that. Yeah. Dead or Alive 2 and 3 also had a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. I would, I would, uh, I would recommend it, particularly if you're not i know that there are some people who are not satisfied with the recent patches for guilty Gear strive and dragon ball fighters and if you're not like in the kof camp or something like that and you don't have like something you're looking for something new like i think this is interesting enough uh to check out and it's uh i think it's like it's what like 50 bucks i think 50 in the u.s uh there's a there's a kind of a controversy around it to where it's priced horribly in other regions um i can't remember where but it's like way more expensive than it should be in some places but it's it's 50 dollars us i believe yeah it's yeah it's 50 yeah it's 50 uh yeah and it's available on pc and playstation yeah ronnie cool chris why do xbox players never get fighting games what what is your theory on this um other than Mortal Kombat, it's kind of a uniquely Japanese genre. There's so many anime fighters. There's uh KI, I guess also. KI, yeah, of course, for Microsoft, but um That's a great question and I think they've been courting that for a while. I mean, Dragon Ball Fighters is on Xbox. Um Street but Fighter 6 is coming It there. seems it seems like specifically this generation there haven't been yeah. Like at least as far as that, what what was it? Guilty Gear. Um, yes. Yeah. Guilty Gear. Strive. I know there was at least one mm-hmm. or two other ones that, for whatever reason, you know. And every time, every time it comes up, Brian is usually the one to ask that question. So I figured I would ask it for him. Yeah. Because well, he doesn't yeah. like using his PS5. <laughs> oh yeah, I've, I've I've heard Brian's woes with that D pad. Um, yeah. It's so bad. It, it's fine. We can we can argue about this later. Yeah. Uh, the. <laughs> I mean, Xbox does not have a great foothold in the Japanese market. I mean, that's no, that's no secret. 
Yeah, I'll, um, I'll hand it to them though. They are working on it. Like they are. They, they put um, se- several games that were uh, PlayStation exclusives for a while and were either justifications for me and and like stuff that I had held in my heart as like I'm always going to be buying PlayStations like mm-hmm. Disgaea or like Persona and things like this. Uh, the Game Pass PC got Disgaea Four complete and like some other stuff like that and. Persona is coming to Xbox, so they are working on it, uh, and yeah. I do respect that a lot. Street Fighter Six is coming to Xbox, which is nice. Um, so I, I think that this is just something that's been. Um, I, I think it's it probably part of it is due to the fact that like like I think Ronnie was was leaning into that like a lot of the biggest fighting games are made by Japanese developers, and like yeah. Japanese developers typically end up putting their games on Japanese platforms first. And also, now that I think about it, bringing up Street Fighter Six, I think Street Fighter Five being PlayStation exclusive was a was a big deal, like bigger than we realize. Yeah, uh, that's when Cap. That was before Monster Hunter World. That's when Capcom was in kind of a dire straits, and they could take a deal like that. Um, right now, they can go everywhere because they're 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 back on their high horse. But I mean, and if you they think actually about said it, uh, the Capcom. Uh, management said that they were focusing on pc also yeah yeah Um, so but if you think about 360 i mean blaze blue those were all on there virtual fighter was even on on 360 um there was a lot of i mean doa was still big back then before they microtransactioned it to death but i think street fighter 5 coming out on playstation only was kind of a not a death knell, but more of a canary in the coal mine of like, this is where fighting game players need to be. Yeah. And fighting game enthusiasts like are fans of the genre, usually not just one game. And so that's, they kind of made their decision early. If you, if you, if you play fighting games in general and you are going to be getting all of the games and you have to have a PlayStation to get street fighter, you might as well just yeah. have a PlayStation and then just get everything else there. Sure. Um, yeah. And and that was Guilty Gear Exard was also exclusive to PlayStation, uh, even though uh, Guilty Gear Two was on 360. And during that era, like when you went now, like and it's been this way for a long time. Nowadays, when you go to like fighting game tournaments at venues or during like professional tournaments and things like this like PlayStation is the standard like yeah. console that you're playing on. So I mean, most... Sony just bought Evo, the biggest fighting game tournament it, in the world. Exactly. Yeah. But like during the 360 era, that wasn't the case. You'd show up to a venue and they'd be playing on 360s mm-hmm. because that was more reliable. There was more stuff there. There were a few things that were like where either special editions or second versions of the games were only showing up on PS3, uh, like Persona 4 Arena. Like Persona 4 Arena, the first one showed up on both uh, platforms, but I think, hmm? but I think Persona 4 Arena Ultimax was only on PS3. Yeah, I might be misremembering. I get the mixed up because I the Japanese version is called like Super Ultra Suplex Hold, which is the yeah. title that I want to keep in my head, and then yeah. I can never remember where they go. <laughs> and then there were like little. Um, like little differences between stuff. Like I think the special editions of like the blaze blue games still came out on both. Uh, I I had them all in 360. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. and, and I, I found that like really 
interesting because I'd played, uh, before that, I'd played fighting games all with a D-pad, but once I got used to playing Persona 4 Arena on the 360 controller, I just used the analog stick uh, as my input, and it, like, worked totally fine. It, like, yeah. totally, I, I was able to totally adapt my way of playing to that platform. Uh, I, was but, a, yeah. I was a stick player all the way through 360, and then that got too expensive. So I, I had to stop. Yeah, I was stick on I PS3, that. but then when I switched to 360, I, I stayed on the pad. Yeah. Uh, and then I was pad until, actually, until very recently. But. I remember that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. I, I feel like this is something that hopefully was only a big deal during the PS4 generation. And now we'll get more games going more places hopefully with crossplay because that's a huge deal because like like you know Ronnie was saying earlier like these these games live and die by their longevity by their by people being engaged with the community for long periods of time and if we loop together PlayStation and PC and even Switch and Xbox and we can pull all these players together so they can all play together it's going to mean for a much more healthy fighting games industry it's going to make for healthier competition and things like that and way more people are going to be able to enter tournaments, uh, which is awesome. So. For sure. But yeah, DNF Duel. It's really good. Check it out. It's great. And hit me up if you want to play. If you want to get ghost bladed. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what do we want to talk about next? I've got a couple of other things. Um, what I'm bringing this week is Cuphead, The Delicious Last Course, and... Yuru kill the calumniation games or we can talk about whatever you guys got you lost me on the second one i'll i'll explain it it's weird uh let's talk about cuphead first that you you seem eager given your shirt yeah I, well i mean i don't have a shirt for the other two games i don't have a dnf duel or you're not gonna uh, rip it off and have a you're kill every topic kill. you just keep yeah <laughs> uh, i wear layers um, yeah, so we can talk about Cuphead. Uh, Cuphead, the delicious last course. This is something that a lot of people have been waiting for, and I was really excited to get my hands on. Uh, thanks was? so much. Thanks so much to the to the wonderful people. Uh, I mean, I've, I've beaten it, so it's like okay. Yeah, I, I, the, what you say, you were excited. Past I tense. were excited. I was yeah. Like what's what's happening? It sounded oh. like you you were like I was excited, and then I played it, and now I hate yeah. myself. <laughs> okay, I'm glad it wasn't just me. Yeah. No. So like you're, well, you're building this up here. Yeah, I mean, I might be. You don't know. You don't know me. Anyway, big thanks to the people over at Pop Agenda who uh, who sent me a key. Uh, so this is around four hours long. Um, it's really affordable. Uh, it's only like eight bucks for the DLC. Asterix, it's only four hours long if you can beat it. <laughs> True. It could have been a lot longer. Yeah. Um, but and and that is that is four hours give or take because I also. Um, when I was reviewing this, I was playing it on PC. Previously, the most that I had played Cuphead, I'd played it on like a couple of different things, like on Switch and Xbox and stuff. I played most of it on Xbox, so I had to replay some of the beginning, go through, get some of the coins, beat some of the bosses uh, and stuff like that, just to kind of like get back up to speed. And like, it had been a while since I played Cuphead before this, uh, before I jumped into the DLC. So like some of that four hours uh, might be like, I don't know how accurate the Steam clock the play clock is and then how much of that was me like doing run and gun levels trying to get coins or whatever how much yeah. of that was me playing the original game but uh somewhere around that there are seven bosses in the dlc which is 
a pretty healthy uh, helping and they are widely varied. Uh, so it, it really does feel like you're definitely getting your money's worth. There's also a lot of cool upgrades that are in this one. Um, there's some cool puzzles. The art, as always, is just beautiful. The music is incredible. Uh, definitely still as rage-inducing as the original, uh, but uh, I I had a freaking blast with it. Like, it's so good. It definitely goes on my favorites for the year list. Um, one tip that I will give to people if they are going to play the original game and then this um, is get save some of your coins. If you want to buy the new stuff, save some of your coins from the original game before you bring it in. Like don't buy everything from the original game before you come in mm. because the way that you unlock coins in the DLC is different from the base game. In the base game, you just did these run and gun platforming things and you just jumped up and like picked the coins up. In this uh, DLC, you have to complete uh, levels and bosses that are specifically part of like a series uh, where you can only use your parry. And that's the only thing you have. You can't shoot or anything like that. So it's just that like when you, feed, when you beat Miss Chalice in the first game, that kind of thing. That like ghost like, level or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's how you unlock the DLC also. So if you're okay, going to the cool. main game, if you've, if you've unlocked, if you've spoken to Miss Chalice, if you've unlocked one of those mausoleum levels, uh, there'll be like a, uh, a guy next to a boat nearby and you can talk to him and he'll sail you to the next, to the DLC Island. Sounds shady. It, it definitely is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they are like that, but the difficulty is cranked way up and you can definitely die. Like, it's not like one of these things where, you know, I don't actually remember if you could die in the mausoleums. I like aced all of them. Yeah. They're, I don't they're not if you hard. Get, so I don't know. No, I, yeah. I actually literally just played that with my brother last night. He came over and we we just started from the beginning because he had never played it before. And we got to the mausoleum level and I was like, this level's easier than I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so so the the just to give you an example, the first uh, in the first area, it's all set around like chess. Uh, like the the, the the specifically the coin levels are set around this king's competition around chess. So you're in this bottom level and there are a bunch of pawns at the top and their little round heads are all pink and they drop down and then run across the screen from one side or to the other. So you have to dodge them, dodge them falling and then parry their heads. Once you do that, their heads disappear. They can still go up to the top and jump down again, but you have to parry the ones that are still pink until you clear them all and then that ends the level and you get, I think, two coins for that. Okay. Um, the end one is you have to fight a boss, but the way that you fight the boss is the boss is running left and right in the background, throwing stuff at you all over the place. And there are cannons that are like rotating left and right. And you have to parry them while they are matched up with where the boss is. But there's also like a slight trajectory time. It's really difficult. Oh my God. It's really difficult, but it's not essential because that's not a main boss. That's just if you want the coins. But I wanted to get all the stuff from the shop, and you have to do that to, to get that. Um, they do introduce uh, some good new weapons. Like, I really like the new tracking weapon. It's a, a, a weapon that shoots straight forward, kind of. It, it's kind of like a split the difference between the main gun that you start with, the blue one that just fires straight, and the homing one. What happens is it's a, it's a, a pink shot, and it moves forward for a while, and then if it hits something or doesn't hit something, it will ricochet and home towards whatever's close to it. So okay, it's, it's 
It's pink. Can your teammate parry it? No. So that's like the only I, pink thing in the game that's not parryable? Oh, maybe it's red. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I didn't play multiplayer, so I don't actually know if you could parry it. I, do, okay. I wouldn't think that you'd be able to. That'd be kind of cool. But it yeah, might that, not, it's not like the same color as okay. pink parrying things. Yeah, that oh, was okay. one of the, just one of the coolest things from the base game is you just knew anything that was that shade of pink you could parry and you probably yeah. needed to for a mechanic. So I was wondering like, could a teammate parry it and then like set off a mini explosion or something? Or If you can, oh baby, that's going to be awesome. I need to, I need to test this out. Ronnie, if you have this game on PC, let's test this out. I have it on switch, but I'll, I'll figure something out. Okay, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's really it's really good. I use that actually for uh, for a lot of fights. I think I, I did the spread shot as my second weapon, and then the homing one as my first. Um, but one of the big things about this game is you can play as Miss Chalice. So you change your uh, you can equip a charm called the Cosmic Cookie, and uh, this has to do with the whole bakery thing in this game. the 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 premise is. Miss Chalice is trying to regain her body and not just be trapped as a ghost. So this baker is like, hey, if you gather these six ingredients, I can make a pastry that she can eat and then she can get her body back and it'll be great. Uh, Until then, she actually has to trade places with one of the characters. So you still play as Mugman or Cuphead in this game, but if you're wearing the charm, the cosmic cookie, it will switch you with uh, Miss Chalice and then you'll play as her. She's got new mechanics too. She's always has a double jump, which is incredibly helpful. Um, she's also got an invincible roll across the ground, uh, an advancing roll that's invincible. Uh, she's also got a like a dash or air dash that's on the parry button, and it's also a parry. So she's got like an advancing. She moves forward like an inch or two and parries while she's doing it. Uh, so this lets you set up kind of different things. So you have a lot more movement. You can double jump and then parry and get like kind of extra movement that Cuphead and Mugman don't have. So is she like the Funky Kong to Donkey Kong in Tropical Freeze on Switch? Like, is it like something? Oh, I did not play Tropical Freeze. Funky Kong's like easy mode, right? Yeah, like I guess yeah. does this make does this create a, a easier version of the, like I guess can you I, go back to the base game as her? Yes, you can. Okay, so um, I. I would say she was easier, except for one key thing. Um, her dodge is not invincible. The only invincible move that she has is her roll, which can only be done on the ground. And because most of my Got gameplay it. was done with the invincible dash uh, charm, that really made things difficult for me. I still played the whole game as her because i that's what I was trying to... Like, I'm trying to, like, examine how is this character, all this sort of stuff. I'm looking at it from, like, a critical standpoint. I want to look at what this character does for the game. Within the content that they created for her. Exactly. Um, And she's great. Like, I got very comfortable using her, but it was, instead of dodging through things, I had to plan and work my way around using the double jump. Which is fine. Like, I got through it. I got through it. But it was, there were times when it was harder because I didn't have a move that I could just use to get out of jail free and just invincibly dash through something. Um, But because you can, because that invincible dodge is a charm and the cosmic cookie to play as Miss Chalice is also a charm, you can't use them at the same time. Right. Um, I want a cosmic brownie right now. No joke, man. No joke. (laughs) 
You got to stop saying cosmic cookie. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, yeah. So there's there's six main bosses. Uh, it's the same same deal as the base game. You can fight them on easy, which removes uh, their most difficult uh, phase. It, uh, but it doesn't give you the ingredient when you beat them. Uh, you have to beat the like actual three phases, the full three phases on normal difficulty to get the ingredient and then enable yourself to fight the final boss. Um, but I think that some of the ideas that they've put into this are like really, really unique. I think that usually plays to the game's benefit. There was one boss fight that I found like pretty obnoxious. It's There's a dog fighting one. Uh, where you're fighting a, a series of enemies and one of the phases, um, the enemy will come from the background and like bite and twist the camera. And then you have to, your your input stays the same, but your, like the directions that you're looking at change. So like you can be going, oh, I'm going left and right, but it's actually like inverted because you're upside down. And it's like, it's, a little difficult. It was a little difficult for me. Like your mileage may vary, of course, but like you remember back when I was complaining about that owl boy boss fight where it like kept rotating the camera, but kept your like input focused on like the same sort of a thing. So like you could hit left and not actually move left on the screen because it was based on your character movement. Um, I found that really disorientating. Uh, but uh, generally, I think that the the new mechanics and and uh, or new ideas that they have for boss fights are like really good. Okay, um, one thing I need to ask about because it was not clear during that entire last explanation. Sure. You said dog fighting, and then you talked about someone taking a bite out of something. So was this like a dog fight, like in a pit, or a dog fight, like in planes? In planes. Okay, thank you. But th- there's actual dogs. There is actual dogs. It is so a it is dog, a dog, dog fight. fighting. It is. Literal and figurative. <laughs> it is no. literal and figurative. You are fighting uh, canine military members in jets. Thank you. Yeah. No. No further questions. It's real cute. It's great. <laughs> Sounds like uh, it. But I, I it it's beautiful. It's fun. I love it. It extends what is one of the best indie games made in recent memory, like to like an even further degree. Um, I think that everything that was great about the original is great about this. And I think that some of the things that it does in the boss fights are more creative, more expansive, uh, more involved. Um, So it, it really is like what you would want from this sort of a, DLC expansion and it's it's so affordable like there's if you're a fan of of Cuphead there's really no reason not to um I I find it a little annoying that there were the that that the that you got coins not based on more like running gun platforming levels but it was like locked to this like competition um which means that unlike in the base game you can't just run from run and gun level to run and gun level, load up on a bunch of coins and then buy stuff you want. You have to beat that one, get to the next one, beat that one, get to the next one, and you don't actually get that many coins uh, for doing it. Um, That I found a little bit obnoxious. And I really think that this DLC nails home that like Cuphead really needs a Celeste-like accessibility menu where 
to make this game more accessible to more people because this game is hard as shit but it's so well, beautiful and it's so inventive that like I really think that they need to like give people like infinite jumps or like way more health or like just options for people so that more people can play this because it's so good like it's so good I really want more people to be able to play this but it's so hard so that's I mean that's I've said that for a long time. Like, I think Celeste really nailed it. Celeste is harder than almost any game I've ever played. Uh, but it also has that thing over here where it's like, hey, like, we, we want this to be difficult. It's difficult because that's kind of the point. But also, if you just want to see it, here's invincibility, infinite jumps, infinite dashes, like this sort of stuff, just so you can do it. And I, I think this game would really benefit from that. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do that with this release. Um, given the number of games that have come out that have had those features. And I get that Cuphead is almost treated similarly to like a game like Returnal, where it's like, no, it is hard for heart's sake. Um, you know, it is only for like the most elite of players and etc. Um, but given my nephew is three and loves the Cuphead show, I still yeah. don't understand how I'm expected to like hey, you like the show, try the video game, and then he just can't do it. It you doesn't learn to add up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great reference. Uh, I, I, think the, I think the counterpoint to that would probably be that, like, when we were growing up and it was SNES or arcade games that were really tough, like, we just played it until we figured it out. Like, we just played yeah. it until we learned it, and, like, that was the thing. I mean, that and was I, also like, a byproduct of the arcade era, though, because, like, those games being hard was a core tenet of the design because they needed you to put more quarters in. So they could make their money, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, those games are, yeah, by design, like, it, it, it wasn't that it was hard. It was that certain things in arcade games are literally impossible so that they can get more out of you. Like, yeah, they're made to be but, unfair, yeah. Right, but, like, like... Dragon's Lair. If I... Exactly. But I look yeah. at, like, <laughs> Cuphead... And compare it to, like, Mega Man, Mega Man 2, 3, um, the original DuckTales. Like, insert yeah. NES game here, basically. Um, and, yeah, with time and patience and, you know, you can develop the skills to be able to play those games. Um, but, like, having played all of those games and beaten them... <laughs> I still feel like Cuphead is harder than all of those. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard well, game. I mean, while you're playing through Mega Man's levels, you can get your health back. Like, yeah, yeah, now, exactly. Like, they added a new uh they added a new charm if you're not playing as Miss Chalice. Uh there is a new charm that gives you health back on your first, second, third and or first, second, fourth and sixth parries, I think. So like you can potentially get health back if you use that, but like you can't play as Miss Chalice and do that. Right. So it's like, you know, if you're trying to do that, then you got, you gotta, you gotta pick your poison, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I do think that like with homing shots and stuff like that, like there is an argument that like you could literally just hold down the attack button and just focus on dodging, which is like what I do for a lot of them. Like for a lot of those, like I'll use like a homing ability and I'll like just focus on just defense which is a, like a totally viable strategy, but I think that they could go further and really lean into 
like making this game like because I I think you could totally blue ocean this game. Like I think you could you could definitely have this be something that's not just for the most hardcore uh, people, and I think it would benefit. I mean, me as a player and as a critic who loves this game but recognizes sometimes I want to play something for fun and I don't want to just beat my head against a wall until I get it. And the fact that this game, I think, has a lot of potential for that, but it's not really capitalized on, it, it kind of bums me out, you know? Sure. You got to wonder how much of that is just if they didn't have the resources. I know they were adamant about not crunching their team. This for game sure, still sure. took years to come out for a relatively small amount of content, like incredible yeah. content from the sound of it. Yes. But like, it's all super high quality, but yeah, yeah. it's only one Island. Yeah. I wonder how much, cause I'm, I'm honestly completely ignorant of what that would take. I wonder how much more time that would take. How many more resources to do something like that? <sighs> yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't know. Generally. Well, Celeste being the exception, right? Cause that team I think is also like famously small. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but I think of like, you know, the naughty dogs, the insomniacs, like, these studios that are gigantic you know have hundreds of people at them and it's like yeah look at all the accessibility options it's like yeah they have entire teams dedicated to be yeah, able to do look, that yeah for sure yeah like the last of us or something like that yeah 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 um yeah but i i i think it's i think it's great i wish it was i wish it had like those those few extra things that would just take it to like an absolute 10 but as it stands like i mean this is definitely like within the like nine area for me. Like it's, yeah. it's so, so good. It's so good. Um, I've actually been tracking my, my game of the year, uh, rankings as I like finish more games. I'm like adding them like to the list and like, would I put it above this or below this or something like that? It's and all Cuphead, dragon ball, huh? What's that? It's all dragon ball. It's just, yeah, just one, two, three, four, five <laughs> dragon. Ball. It has been for the last five years. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, but, but I definitely think that Cuphead is definitely in the in the top five of the year for me. Um, it's it's so good. Um, the things that are above it are things that I think are just like exceptional. But I definitely think that Cuphead deserves to be talked about, it, particularly if this just falls in under the DLC category. Like I, what else is going to beat it this yeah. year? Like as far as DLC, like has there been other like notable DLC that's come out? That's like Lab Coat Twenty One. For ruining the game. <laughs> I'm so. I'm speaking of her. I'm so interested to see. I'm so sorry, Chris. I didn't mean to do this. Hey. No, I, I'm literally. It's literally. I've just been listening to him talk about Dragon Ball for years. It's fine. I, I'm so <laughs> interested to see what happens when this, when, when the dust settles on this patch and this character. That's all I had to say. That's all I had to say. I know. It's giving you hard because I know that I know that she's been banned and they made adjustments, but they didn't change her buff. So like, I'm not really sure. What's going to happen? I'm really excited to see. Well, they didn't change her. You're talking about her debuff? Yeah, her debuff is... This, is here, m- you can't compliment it to it. You, it's a big deal. What it does when you, when you land, it hasn't been changed. But it's just way the, harder to land. It's harder to get into, yeah. yeah. And it's not invincible anymore, so you can't just use it to bust out of pressure. Yeah. It's like a straight-up command grab. And I think it's 21 frames, so it's like... It, it would be. It's, it's, it's still like borderline unreactable, but... What? I have enough uh, Nintendo Gold points that I can just get the delicious last course for free. Hey, I'm gonna Yummy. do it. You there should. You go. Yummy. There you go. Yeah, 
It's fun. Good luck, dude. It's hard, but it's fun. I don't know when I'm going to start Cuphead. I have like six indie games that I like. I, I turn on my Switch and I'm just like, I don't know. I just finished. I don't know if you know, Ronnie. I just finished Hollow Knight. Oh, uh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but uh, I, if you can finish Hollow Knight, you can finish Cuphead. Oh, I'm, I know I can. It's just yeah. a matter of like sitting down and actually doing okay. it. Yeah. Um, but it'll take the, you way uh, less time, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's like, it's like that Eastward. Um, oh, man. I need to play that. Ronnie got that for me, and I really loved the start of it, but I stepped away for something else. What's the one that you did that's kind of like Dark Souls? That it's like a uh, lo fi vibe? Blasphemous? Uh, Hyper Hyperlight Drifter. Hmm. Um, oh, oh, I was definitely going to say Death's Gambit. <laughs> oh, also that. Are you or telling Death's me there's Door. more than one Souls like in these parts? Yeah. Ronnie, I, I hate to break it I to you. I don't believe dude. you. <laughs> there are so many. <laughs> <laughs> a few. Yeah. And there's only going to be more after Elden Ring. Yeah. So, sorry, uh, what else, Chris? You said Eastward. Oh, Eastward, Dead Cells, Hyperlight Drifter. Um, Dead Cells is one that you could you could knock out pretty quick. Yeah, Hyperlight Drifter is great. I love Hyperlight Drifter. I recommend I, playing uh, like playing Hyperlight Drifter start to finish if you're going to do it. Well, that's just like I'm trying to sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to start this game and play it all the way through. Like I feel yeah. like I have a lot of games that are like that right now in my like not not like in radar. one setting or whatever. Just like no, but like just like make sure that you don't take a break because games. that game gets hard. Right. So yeah. It's great, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's freaking great. Okay, uh, Chris or Ronnie, what else were you guys getting into this week? What do we want to talk about? Honestly, Ronnie, what you got? <laughs> what, or yeah, what? Okay. what? Did you, um, did you have a thought? Yeah, yeah I, go ahead. I've been, I, I just went back-to-back on two different reviews. I did the, the Capcom Fighting Collection and then DNF Duel, so I haven't had a whole lot of time for other things. Uh, but one thing I have needed for my own sanity is to find a game I can play that I can't use for work. And so I've been going back to older stuff. Um, and so I've actually been going through the whole Xenoblade Chronicles series, the older ones. Uh, finally finished the Definitive Edition, and I'm now like 40 hours into two. Um, and that's a game... Weirdly, it reminds me, only in, in my own personal experience, it reminds me, reminds me of Assassin's Creed Unity in that it's a game where you can kind of see the matrix and how this this thing is just <laughs> busting apart at the seams like this should not belong on this console um, oh, wow because like the frame rate will drop like crazy the dynamic resolution i don't know if it's dynamic it looks like it and it certainly drops sometimes we'll just uh tank um is but this that, handheld or docked both it, it's oh, okay. it, it's fuzzy uh more fuzzy docked for sure um, I have the OLED switch, so it, it does look pretty nice on there, and I love the art style. And the music's incredible, but just these are the switch is basically a it's it's a mobile chip. I think it's one of the old Tegra chips, so it's 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 yeah. a mobile phone running a giant RPG with like MMO sized areas and a thousand things happening on screen at once. And I could look at it and point out all the flaws that bug the crap out of me, but for some reason I just love these games. It's more than the sum of their parts kind of thing. They're very earnest. Um, and despite all the... I say anime trash lovingly. I love anime trash. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to get into some anime trash. <laughs> Don't you wait. Uh, I'll, speaking of anime trash, there's, there's Chris. 
Um, big hungry boy. Yeah. Yep. The uh, no, I'm really enjoying it. Like I said, I'm on like 40 hours into it. I'm excited about three, but it's going to be a while before I get to it. Um, other than that, I can't speak on it too much. I just started um, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak because uh, I went from I worked for about three weeks straight and then went to LA and came back for the whole summer game fest thing for work. And uh, in that, in the meantime, during that, was trying to level all the way up on PC, Monster Hunter Rise, to get to Sunbreak, because I had gotten there on Switch, had to start over on PC when that came out, and had to level it again, so had to play another 40 hours before I could get to the new content. Um, but now that I'm here, I've hunted, like, four monsters, and it's good. It's, it's more Monster Hunter. And so I, there's not much else to say about it yet until I get further in. Yeah. What uh, what are your your thoughts uh, and is there anything that you can share with me as somebody who's not played any of the Xenoblade games for the Chronicles or like or as somebody who's also a Monster Hunter novice who's only played a little bit of I think the game for PSP which might be Unite Two mm-hmm. I played just a very little about of that and then a very little bit of world and I think a little bit of the demo for Rise. Okay. Uh, I can start with Monster Hunter in that uh, the way I've actually explained it to fighting game fans is that every weapon is a different fighting game character, basically. It's a brand new move list. It's a new way to play. It's a new way to think about the game. Um, But it's a very particular thing. You've got to really like chasing that new armor set or really like going going into something with a plan and getting your butt kicked a few times until you really know what you want to be doing. Uh, so it takes a very particular kind of person. I've grown to really love it. Uh, I started with, I think, 3 Ultimate on 3DS, um, and that's back when all the zones were separate. It wasn't one giant area. You still had to paintball monsters to keep track of them. It was before a lot of the quality of life updates that that world brought to it, um, and then Rise even more with all the different wire bug, like mobility options and things like that. So... <sighs> It, it is. I can't think of any other series that's harder to figure out if someone will like it than it is Monster Hunter. It's like it 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 grabs onto you or it doesn't, if that makes sense. And and based like my, on what Josh has has said about me on this show, that's already it's already hard to pin down what I think about things. I, I have no idea. I'll I'll play a fighting game with you, and I'm like Brian's either gonna love this or he's gonna hate this. But I I don't I don't see him being in the middle somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's Brian with most things. <laughs> That, yeah, it's a passionate person. The, That's um, true. I'm a, I got a fiery personality. Yeah. yeah. In terms of Xenoblade, um, like I said, it's a lot of anime trash. Uh, if you don't want to be in a game for 70 to 90 hours, you're going to have to probably look somewhere else. I, the best way I could describe the feel of it is probably just like a single-player MMO in terms of the scale of the areas, uh, how combat is primarily uh, cooldown and positioning-based. Um, and like you want to, you want to link your character's moves together. So party composition is important. Uh, someone playing a role is important. Uh, you want to fight as a cohesive party rather than as just a person. And then there's a ton of side stuff that you can do. And the quality really varies on that stuff. A lot of the side content is not great in Xenoblade games. And there's enough story content to just power you through. Um, there was a problem with actually people being over-leveled in the first game. So in the second one, 
you gain experience and you level up just through fighting and doing stuff, but you also gain like a pool of experience that's hidden. It's not hidden, but you're not leveling up with it. And then you can sleep at an inn at any time and choose how much you want to level up. If you feel like you're huh. you're like out leveling stuff too quickly, which is pretty cool if you want to do a bunch of side content. Um, and then the way that like your classes are determined is through kind of an in-game gotcha mechanic that doesn't cost any real money. There is expansion content that I haven't messed with, but inside the game, you kind of there's just random drops for different uh, like side characters that you call blades um, that kind of determine if you're a tank or a healer or a damage dealer or things like that. So there is a, a degree of randomness to it, which means there's going to be some grinding if you want to get kind of the composition you want. But I, I also kind of enjoy that for whatever reason. I, I could see it being a problem for a lot of people. It's just kind of what I need right now. So if you need something to jump into um, and just spend a lot of time with, then that's those, those, are, those are really fun games. Like I said, they're, they're busting apart at the seams. Uh, the second one much more than the first one, so I'm interested to see how the third one runs. But if you look at any screenshot of the battle system of one of those games, it is just like, let's assault every sense at one time <laughs> to the point where I had to turn... I had to go into... Thankfully, there's lots of custom audio settings in there. I had to go in there and like turn the character volumes way down because you've got... The music, which is excellent, by the way. Music uh, in all the Xenoblade games has been uh, just excellent across the board. Well, X is a different story, but that's that's kind of a different thing. I didn't like the music in X. But in 1 and 2, uh, you can turn down the uh, music, the uh, battle voices, the like narrator voice, the cutscene volume, the battle sound effects volume, the system sound effects volume. So you can really do that to your liking, which is good. Because your characters in battle are just screaming constantly. Uh, <laughs> speaking of anime trash. Exactly. But so, so you've got like these sound effects going off with you know flashes of lightning and the, the um, FPS dipping to like 15 at some point. And Yikes. then like weird rhythm stuff coming up. We've got to press a button when the circle hits exactly in the middle. And then you've got to pay attention to this chain going on in the top right part of the screen. But then you also need to look at the bottom left and make sure your stuff is uh, cooling down correctly so you can switch to the blade that you want. And it's a lot. Um, do I'm, they do they ease you into yes, that yes, at I, all? Yeah, I was, I was going to get to that. And that I'm 40 okay. hours in and I'm still getting tutorials for the battle system. Yeah. That, that, that's just like... To the point is it because where the depth keeps increasing, or they're just reiterating stuff that you already know. Because the depth keeps increasing. Okay. Uh, wow. When the game started, it actually seemed a little slow, and like I don't, I don't think I like this battle system. Like the main character attacks really slow. It feels really heavy. It's just auto attacks, and then like a skill once that recharges every once in a while. Uh, but that really, once you start, the game is really party based. Like it's not meant to be played with one character. So you get your party. And then, like, you really kind of kick things into gear, and you look for, like, elemental chain combos. And so you want to build your party and then do things in a particular order to where you hit an enemy really hard and then capitalize on, like, these um, debuffs that surround them. So you hit them with a debuff, you do a big chain attack, you dump, like, a dump a bunch of damage into them, and a boss's health bar will go, like, like that. Which is really satisfying to be able to set all that up and do it correctly. It's just yeah. like maintaining aggro on your tank and making sure your healer's keeping everyone alive, not pulling it, doing too much damage. And it's a lot of management until you can set up that one combo to do a, just a buttload of damage. So I've found that really satisfying. Um, 
but like I said, I, I could I could point at a thousand things that tell people why they shouldn't play this game. Uh, I just really happen to enjoy it. Also, play in Japanese. Like people, people like the That's, dub. That was yeah. People like that was the dub. One of my questions. The the dub is bad. Just play play yeah. in Japanese. And one more bugaboo, and then I'll stop talking about this two year old game. Yeah. Uh, the the localization. I love localizers. I think that's one of the coolest jobs in the industry. One thing that bugs me about this game is that they change almost every character's name. And for someone uh, who's been playing Japanese character hmm. Japanese games for a while, like you listen for like when this character's name is said. So like Pyra, who is one of the main characters, is Homura in the Japanese version. Um, and then uh, Mithra, another character, is Hikari in the Japanese version. So they're they're not even close. And when they're just throwing these names out over and over and there's already a big cast to remember, I'm like trying to remember which one's the English one, which one's the Japanese one. And it just kind of takes me out of it a little bit when I, there's a different name than what they're very clearly saying. Um, and they try to make them all consistent in terms of like the same mythology, which is cool. Like I understand how much work went into the localization of it. I just don't really like the direction they went with the names in particular. That just kind of bugs me. Yeah. The... Um as far as the size of the party, like I was, I was watching the direct for three. Um, they said there's up to seven characters that you can have at a party there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know, like, how many are, how many people can you have at your party in one and then two? Um, yeah, like, does it seem like it scales up pretty well or like? Yeah, and in both one and two, you have three characters that you can have in a party. But the difference with two is that each one of those characters has three characters they can equip to that character. So a, char- oh, wow. a character that you can that you can control is called a driver. And then, like, they're not Pokemon, but the Pokemon that they can use are called blades, basically. And you're switching out those blades, and every time you do that, you're changing your class and your element every time you switch one of those. And you can change mid-battle. Okay. And so it's like, this character has three classes, this character has three classes, and this character has three classes. And so... It's a lot to keep track of, but that's also why there's, you know, 30 to 40 hours of tutorials to get you get you going there. And if I were to just jump in, actually, I did this when I first lived in San Francisco and had to commute to work. I uh, played Torna, the Golden Country, which is the, the expansion for two before I played two. Just because I... How I, did you do that? <laughs> it, was, it was a weird time. Um Someone had told me you could play it without playing the base game. Don't do that. I had no idea what was happening. Um, because they throw you into like almost like a full party and like the, the systems of the, of the base game. And I was like, I don't know what's happening here. And they tried to explain it. Yeah. I still wasn't getting it. So I ended up putting that down and then came back to two a few years later and am really enjoying it now that I have some time to play it when less is, is coming out currently. I, I think that I would probably... I will probably not try Xenoblade Chronicles uh, right now uh, because I think if I was going to play an RPG, like a party-based RPG, I would probably jump into Tales of Arise instead. I love Tales of Arise. Um, But I am interested in the... And you said that uh, Xenoblade Chronicles is single-player, but it kind of mimics MMO play. Mm -hmm. And that's not multiplayer at all. It's ju- purely single player, right? Correct. There might be okay. a multiplayer mode, but if there is, it's it's ancillary somewhere. I've never played it. Okay, but uh, but Monster Hunter is multiplayer. Uh, 
can you play like most of that game multiplayer? Like, is that a, is you, you that can, a way you can play pretty much the entire game single player? It's going to be really hard at times, but I grinded through almost all of uh, Rise single player. I had a few people come and help me with uh, a few of the fights just to make things go quicker, but you can definitely do it all on your own. I, yeah, yeah the I way... guess I was just trying to trying to think of something. Uh, because I've been interested in Monster Hunter, and there is there is an element that I'm like something about this. Like I've tried it multiple times, it's just never really clicked with me. But like that yeah. happened with Souls. Like I tried Dark Souls one, I tried Demon Souls, and it didn't really click with me until it did, and then I loved it. So yeah. I, I I suspect that there is a possibility that Monster Hunter could be something that is for me. But the idea that I could jump in as like maybe I'll have somebody like Sherpa me through it or something like that is yeah. I think more appealing than just trying to jump in and parse everything myself. Yeah. I know you uh, and so I have been looking for more co op stuff, so I'd be totally willing yeah. to do that. Also there's there's tons of YouTube channels like Eric's Gaming and Gaijin Hunter. Uh they'll just do a thirty minute breakdown on one weapon. And so you Gai could just Gai Jin Hunter. Yeah, <laughs> pretty funny. He's a nice guy. I've, I've talked to him on Twitter some, but yeah, he's he's been in the industry for, I say industry, Monster Hunter industry for a long time, and uh, has been like at the forefront of guide content for that series. Yeah, we, we didn't. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Monster Hunter is actually the sixth uh, biggest uh, economy in the world. That's true. Yeah, it's crazy. It's right yeah. behind Germany. Yeah, I have no idea where uh, Germany is. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, so that is uh, that's that. Yeah. Uh, Chris, thanks. you were going to say something there. I think I cut. Yeah, you oh, off. no, I was just going to say the way two things. One is that mo- the way Monster Hunter has always been described to me, it sounds like the first time you go to Chipotle or the first few times you go to Chipotle, where like <laughs> you're like, okay, they have all this shit, and I don't know what's good, but I'm just going to keep trying it until I finally figure out what my order is. Um, that's it seems like it's that type of game and i mean destiny was very similar right where it's like okay do you play like a hand cannon do you play you know uh smg or whatever yeah um you know it it seems like that type of game um but it also is like it seems like there's a social aspect to it where if you do have people that you can run with like even if you're dying at least you're hanging out with friends um so like it is it is fun in that regard the other thing i will say is um the way that friend of the show uh, James Clark described it, or at least his experiences with it, was um, he uh, he plays games like easy mode, dad mode, however you want to call it. Um, and if he starts to get frustrated in Monster Hunter, he will just like call in the cavalry and uh, you know request that people. He's like, I, I have like you know I'll have parties of three or four guys from like Japan who are yeah. super leveled out. And, like, you know, this is all they do is play Monster Hunter, and they'll just, like, drop into his game and help him, you know, slay whatever giant monster he's trying to kill just so he can get, you know, the parts or whatever he needs for the gear that he wants. Yeah. Um, but apparently that is, like, a, a super common thing in uh, in Rise. Yeah, it's a, it's a very cool community, too. They generally, from what I've seen, um, I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to generalize too much, but people are like want to be very helpful. They're excited that people are excited about the game. Yeah. And I mean, you're going to run into jerks everywhere. Like, don't sweep people with a long sword constantly. That's kind of annoying. But they, there's a lot of really cool people out there who just want to help others learn. So there's a ton of content on YouTube, especially, that just teaches you how to play. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris, did you want to jump into what you've been getting into? I, uh, oddly enough, um, 
have been I was pretty disconnected from uh, the internet and like electronics at large this past week. Um, spent a lot of time uh, I had the week off because um, I am starting a new job tomorrow, um, and I was like, you know what? I have all this free time, and I don't want to be just like tied down to a console or on my couch or anything like that. So I actually bought a, my first Lego set. Uh, not counting Lego Dimensions for probably the first time in 15 to 20 years. Um, wow. And I am still working on it. Um, what is it? Man, it is, I got the uh, Super Mario uh, question mark. Okay. Um, which if you haven't seen that, uh, there's videos of it you know, on YouTube and ads and things like that. Um, but basically it is the question block from Mario Brothers. Um, and then it unfolds and there's like different levels from Super Mario 64 in it. Um so I've finished the um, uh, Lethal Lava Land. I finished that like okay. plate, and now I'm working on the courtyard uh, where Peach's Castle is. Um, but it is a really cool set, um, and I was actually making a joke, uh, being like, you know, like I'm this adult that you know is playing with like children's toys aged, and I picked up the box and I was like 18 and up. Like I was shocked that it was actually for oh, wow. you know. Yeah. It's actually made for adults and not, I mean, you know. We grew up with Legos, so it, it makes sense. Yeah. So on the, every time they, they print the boxes, they just update it to be whatever age <laughs> the people would be now. They've got one yeah. dude in mind that they just age it with him every time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I want that job. Um, hey, Jeff, yeah, when's right. your birthday? Okay, we got we to gotta age him up. It's 21 Keep and going. up now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is remarkable how... Uh, like I, I just I haven't like looked at a Lego set and I don't know how long, um, but the fact that it is somebody's job to a figure out how this thing needs to go together, what parts they need for it, um, and then build like CAD drawings of it and put together what is like I think a two hundred page instruction manual on how to build this thing. Yeah, like Legos are cool. That's all I'm trying. They're to very say. cool. Legos are very um, cool. But there are there are all sorts of sets out there now. Um, that are super complicated like this. Um, there's one that's a typewriter that I really want to get. Um, Does it like and it actually? Sting? Yep, like it, oh it'll move, and then depending on the keys that you press, it will actually like hit the little flippers like on uh, in that order. We've gone um, too it doesn't far. actually type ink, but uh, it's like mechanically, it is very impressive. It's it's the um, dreams of physical media. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> gone, gone too far. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, if, if you have the room, I encourage any of you to, you know, put it on a Christmas list or start saving up for like a super expensive, uh, Lego set because it has been a long time since I built one and like, man, I'm just, I'm having a ton of fun doing it. Yeah. That's what, that's what stops me currently is the cost. Um, yeah. Like, you know, my primary hobby is already so expensive. I'm also getting very into disc golf, which is like, oh, buy more discs. It's like there's always yep. something new to buy for whatever hobby you have. And I'm like, I don't know if I can go down this road as much as I want to. <laughs> leads, yeah, leads to uh, only pain. We, yeah. uh, this, this weekend, we actually, um, I watched Titanic for the first time. Uh, and so. Ever? Ever. I mean, I'd, wow. seen, I'd, seen, I'd seen bits of it, but I'd never seen the whole thing. Wow. That's impressive. It's getting ready um, for Avatar too. Yeah. yeah uh, all, the, all the James Cameron films. But we 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 got to the end of it, and then Audrey was like, "I just looked it up. There's a Lego Titanic set." And then she told me how much it was, and it was ridiculous. Have you seen how big it is? Like no. that's the problem. Is 
It's like the huge. the question block one, like I have a spot that I can put that in the office, and that was the yeah. whole thing. It was like I have to be able to display it somewhere. But like I'm never gonna get the Death Star, I'm never gonna get the at least not in this house, like the yeah. Millennium Falcon. Like that stuff's never gonna happen. You get a you get um, a side house for that. Ex- yeah. <laughs> That's what my, uh, my then, summer like, home is for. Yeah. What's a what's a six hundred and fifty dollar Lego set when you're buying a new house? <laughs> um, did Audrey paint you like one of her French girls? Hey. A gentleman never kisses and tells. All right, I'm out. Oh. <laughs> <Later>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but the the when you said when you when we were talking about aging up the Legos, and Ronnie, you said yeah, this is 21 and up now. I thought what a awesome thing it would be to like pair an alcohol with a Lego set and have that it be would like be cool. have it be like challenge mode. Like here it is. Here's a here's a drink that you can drink. Here's here's like. A tequila uh, drink while you're building like one of the beach sets from Lost or something like something ridiculous <laughs> yeah. like that. Like you get to page fifteen, a, and take a shot. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like put this together, like that you know, do that sort of thing. That sounds like a really fun thing to do at like a barcade or something. Sure. Oh yeah, like that'd be awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 just something that I thought of like 20, 21 and up Lego sets like specific like it comes with like rows of shots and then like this is the Death Star. This is the part when Obi-Wan turns off the tractor beam, you know. It's almost like an advent calendar but you get trashed while you're doing it. Exactly. And it's also fun. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah. yeah. Uh but yeah, uh if you guys don't have anything else then I've I've just got uh, one more game and then we can then we can call it a night. What do you say? Yeah, I'm good. So, uh, so the last game uh, that I literally just beat, I think like 20 minutes before we started the show, is uh, Eurokill, the Calumniation Games. Let's see if we can get this to focus. All in. I see is Dragon Ball Fighters. There it, it bla- is. Is it Blaze Blue? It looks like Blaze Blue. It's but not. I- it's not. It's not Blaze Blue. So. Yeah. Eurokill is a really interesting game. Um, it is, I think, also around fifty bucks. It's available on a bunch of different things. Yes, yeah, fifty bucks. It's available on PS4, uh, PS5, Switch, PC, and should have prepped this information. Is calumniation a, a word, or is is this more anime trash? I think they made it up. They never mention it, so I don't know. Um, I actually didn't search that. The first uh, article is from IG in Italy. Nice. All right. So the the facet. This is like uh, Catherine levels of. I've never seen this combination of genres before. So Eurokill is half escape room puzzle solving game and half vertically scrolling bullet hell shooter which if that sounds weird it is uh Hmm. but so like half of the time you're doing like 999 zero escape danganronpa stuff where you're trying to make your way through um like demented amusement park recreations of crimes that the different characters are accused of uh, and were actually convicted for. Uh, And then half of it is 
vertical scrolling, multi-stage with boss fight, like bullet hell shooter, like Raiden, Ikaruga, like these sorts of games. So it scratches two very interesting itches that I've never put together before. This has some um, extremely strong Persona 5 energy on the link I just posted. Oh, let me look at this. Like all the, the actual branding for the game. I actually don't see it. Hold on. Did you spell calumniation wrong? Maybe that's your problem. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Oh, it's, yeah, I see it. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's wild. Uh, the, how long to beat is around 20 hours. Um, let me actually check how long I played it for. Because I think I beat it faster than that. Uh, 15 hours or more. So they, they told me it was around 20 hours. I beat it in 15. Um, so it's not, not very long. Uh, also, one thing that I, that I would say um, about this game is if you're a little bit hesitant to jump into stuff that's like based on room escape or puzzle solving and stuff like that, uh, I will say this is the easiest one of those that I have played. Okay. Um, and it also has three different difficulty settings for both parts of the game. So you can select how difficult you want the puzzle solving to be, and you can select how difficult you want the bullet hell sections to be. Uh, and you can also turn those difficulties down at any point, but you can't turn them up. Um, and because I actually found the puzzle sections to largely be very easy, I would probably recommend that you start uh, on expert, and then if it's too hard, just like bump it down one level or so. Um, I largely found the bullet hell stuff to be pretty easy too. Um, the rhythm of the game, I'll, 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 I'll go through the big picture premise of the game and then I'll give you like the rhythm of the games just so you guys will know kind of what it is like. Um, so the idea is you play this character, you play as a bunch of different characters, but the main character is uh, this guy named Sengoku. Uh, and he was, he claims... Uh, falsely convicted for uh, mass murder for blowing up a, an apartment building uh, and uh, killing everybody inside. He was a delivery driver. He claims that he was uh, just sleeping in his tr delivery truck after a, a delivery when everything went down and that, uh, but he couldn't prove his innocence. Um, a bunch of stuff was like planted on him. He was basically uh, framed for this. Um, him and a bunch of other prisoners in similar circumstances that protest their innocence um, were kidnapped, put on a ship, and brought to this island, uh, which is called like Eurokill Park or something like that. It's basically an amusement park that was built based on all of these crimes that they were accused of. And the idea is uh, that if the prisoner can make it through these deadly games to the end, they'll be exonerated. Um, if they don't, they, they'll die. Or uh, another, another thing that, that, that comes up later is that they'll just, they'll go back to prison and they just won't be able to escape. They'll just have to serve their sentences and stuff. Um, but they're also for these games, they are teamed up with another person. Um, the executioner. 
This executioner has a button on them at all times that if they press it, the prisoner will be killed immediately. Um, these people are also the victims of the crimes that these that the prisoners have supposedly perpetrated. Like, so they like have their to, personal victim? Yes. Okay. So the you you have to team up the the prisoners who are protesting their innocence and saying they've been falsely accused are being forced to team up with the person that was the victims of the crimes that they were supposed to have committed. Did the victim sign it. up for this? Yes. Okay. Because once they get to the end, if the uh, executioners uh, get to the end, they'll have any wish granted. I feel, so I feel like the wish should just be press the button. Yeah, but you could want something else, like because you can all you can do both. Like I'm you know down. what I mean? So no downside. There really isn't, and not only that, the executioners are in no danger during the games. Only the prisoner is. So it's very one-sided. The idea, the idea is that like, if you can get through and try to find some evidence that you were like, that you're innocent, if you can convince the executioner and get them on your side, maybe that'll give you an edge, or something like that. Uh, and uh, but only one team can win. So you're pitted against like four other teams or something like that, and the idea is you're also trying to get an edge over your enemies and things like this. Um, so there are a bunch of different teams. Um, as you go through the game, the general rhythm is you play through a series of escape rooms, you gather evidence, you try to solve a mystery, you try to solve these puzzles. Then you get to the next level where you play like I think three stages of the bullet hell shooter. And then you uh, fight the boss you use the evidence that you found after after the boss fight. There's like an evidence presenting thing, like in Danganronpa, sure. where you take some of the stuff from the attraction that you just cleared, and you try to use that to convince. Like you you answer quizzes uh, and stuff like that on your way through these levels. Uh, that kind of shows whether you've been paying attention and putting the pieces together. And then at the end, it's like, what piece of evidence can you present that will cast doubt on your guilt or help convince them of your, uh, of your innocence and that sort of a thing. Okay. And like bring them closer to your side. And then it rotates to the next group and you play as them for their section. And it keeps going around like that. Uh, and then there's like two extra rounds where everybody comes together and it's like more of a direct competition where people are in the same place trying to solve the same thing. And then there's like a finale. Um, and that's kind of how the game goes. Uh, so you spend like, I don't know, maybe an, an hour, hour and a half in each of these little sections as you're going around. Um, if you're interested in score chasing and score attack stuff after you clear or after you reach the bullet hell things, you can actually back out to the main menu and do score attack in those if you just want to play that section of it, um, which is cool. Um, and there's also like leaderboards and everything online. Like you can you can check that. Uh, which is kind of wild in a game like this. Like it's it's so it's so weird. You know, like like with uh, with Catherine, which is like half dating sim, half like puzzle Hubert. tower climber. Yeah, that sort of a thing. Where it's just like this is such a weird mashup, but like it kind of works for me. <laughs> so <laughs> it kind of like oh, go ahead, Ryan. I was just gonna say. So so is it good? Like you've kind of told us what it is, but you haven't really told us your opinion on it. Yeah. Um. I like it. 
I like it a lot. Cool. Uh, it it definitely has been added to like my my favorites things. This is definitely one of those games where. Um, Oh, oh, uh, Ill Girl Chill in the chat says, this almost sounds like Paradise Killer. Kind of, except without the tedium because everything's very linear. Like, it's not open world. You don't have to wander around. Like, you're very specifically like, I'm going to the room on the left. Here's the puzzle in this room. I got the stuff that I want. I'm going back to the middle room. I'm going to the room on the right, gathering stuff, coming back to the middle room. Here's the final solution. I move up to the next level. Like, it's very... It's very focused, like my, which I think is, is to his credit. My wife and I have played through the first two uh, Danganronpas. We're going to watch the anime before we play the third one. But the it, it's a small gripe, but it really isn't after a, a, a big time or a long time playing it. But one of my most annoying pet peeves about the second game in particular is how slowly you turn and, yeah. and you move in that world. Because like, you yeah. do so much just random walking around that that part can just get super tedious so it's good to hear that some of that gets chopped out in this one yeah you you don't have free look in this game like it's it is it is just like you see the you see the screen we're in this room now you can in some rooms you can lightly pan to the left or right just to like see like the left wall where the door is to go to the next room or this other one or maybe there's like a painting over here that you can like pivot and look at but other than like light panning left and right like that's it okay and everything else is just it takes you from one one point to the next um but yeah i i i like it a lot um let me let me look through some of my notes uh i don't know why like i just hearing you talk about it it almost seems like the way that people that people that have played near automata have like described that game to people that have not um, just that it's like, well, it's a bullet hell, but it's an open world, but it, it's a 3d action platformer, but it's also, I mean, yeah, thing and, I've played a little know. bit of near automata and like, yeah, it is, it is kind of like that, but, but this is much more like a 50, 50 split. Unlike, yeah, uh, yeah. unlike that, which is like, it starts with this, with like a, a vertical scrolling, you know, shoot them up part. And then it's like a, side scrolling like action hack and slash thing but most of it's a third person like action game right right. yeah this is like straight up it just ping pongs back and forth between these things as a quick aside uh uh, i have googled calumniation if that is indeed how you pronounce it yeah Uh, what what is it the definition is noun form of calumniate so i go to calumniate uh (laughs) make false and defamatory statements about yeah oh Oh, okay 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 yeah that makes sense we learned something today Look at that. <laughs> so the, they could have just said the defamation games. Yeah, pretty much. And that would yeah. have been that would have been cool. Calumniation is a cool word. I'm gonna use that from now on. Get it, it is. tattooed on my neck. Ronnie, don't you dare <laughs> calumniate me. Too late. God damn it. Uh, yeah. So let's see. Yeah. So it does get. Uh, so I played it on Switch. Um, I I would have asked for. Uh, for a PC key, except I actually was sent a, a special edition. I was sent like a press kit with this game in it um, from from NIS. Uh, it actually came with a Rubik's cube that has like the different faces are like the different teams, which is cool. No, oh. uh, I'm I'm having a hell of a time trying to put that stuff back together. I got one I got one side of it done. Uh, the side with Binko, which is the very it's lethal lava land, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. 
Binko is like the host of the games and is like a very interesting, uh, like bizarre character. Um, it's Monokuma. I kind of, yeah. except it's a woman with a Fox mask. Um, naturally yeah. and like yeah. fancy hair. And she says, sure. bin, bin and Yurikiru, you know, that sort of thing. But, uh, the, I, I will say the voice acting is so good particularly on Binko. The English voice uh, acting? It's it's only Japanese. Only Japanese, okay. It's only Japanese. Okay. But the voice acting is so good. Binko ping-pongs between being like almost like demure, sexy, and then being like extremely over-the-top silly and then like intense and like she'll get real gritty like almost like a metal singer or something like that. And then like, and it just... This person seems like manic, but at the same time, like they're so polite and stuff like that, but then they can get really intense. Like it's, it's very, it's jarring in a good way. Like I, I really like Binko. I think that one of the, one of the big draws about Danganronpa is Monokuma is like a really interesting character. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, I think that Binko is also really, okay. like really cool. You need a good host for these games you to do. function. Yeah. You do need a yeah. good host. And a lot of the stuff specifically that happens in the semifinal and final rounds with Binko and then the post-credits kind of stinger uh, makes me even more of a fan uh, of the character. Um, and they've definitely, like, they, they definitely set it up where there could be a sequel. Cool. Um, and I would certainly play it. There are some things that I would like to see kind of uh, switched up. Some of the <laughs> little cutscenes and stuff look like they're from like the ps1 like it's pretty it's pretty bad is that intentional i don't know like maybe um there's like some dead time there's like some some lag time between like when um when you choose an answer to something and then your little fighter jet fires up like this huge beam and and shoots it which goes on for like 10 seconds and there's no reason for it to go on that long or like slowly like charge up or something like that. And it looks like there's a bunch of slowdown happening. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm playing on switch. I don't have a frame of reference. I don't know if it's different on PC or on uh, PlayStation or anything. Right. Uh, but a lot of it is like, yo, this is like wireframe, uh, like reboot. Talking like kind a of lawnmower man kind of stuff. I didn't see Lawnmower Man, but like definitely like early, in, like like Hypnospace Outlaw almost uh, levels of like weird wireframe, like Star Fox kind of stuff. It's not it's not that like low poly, yeah. but there is there is an an element of it that definitely looks like oh this is like a PS one level of of fidelity with this somewhere between FF seven remake and the door texture on FF7 Remake. <laughs> so, yeah, basically. Somewhere in, in that uh, scale. Yeah, so... Uh, unfortunately, because they bounce between um, groups, between each of the sections and each of the chapters in the game, that means that when those characters get to certain parts in their, uh, in their struggle mechanics get explained that the player already knows, but the characters don't. Mm. Um, and yeah. they don't, they don't take that long, but it was just like a little like, ugh, like we, we couldn't find a way around this. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, 
Like we get to a thing and there's like a shield that pops up over the boss and they're like, they're like, oh, what is this? I can't damage it. And it's like, this is the mind wall. You'll have to destroy it to be able to convince yeah. your enemy Idiot. of your thing. And it's like hearing that like five times is like, I it's just, I just kind don't of need mind to wall. It. It's, it's only like, it's only like two, two lines or something like that. But yeah. it was just like to see these sorts of things get explained or like, oh, we're going to stick you in this VR capsule and have you like hooked up to like something and then do this like ship combat thing. It's like the dream. Just those those little things I think that they could clean up um and like make the like game better. That's most this is this well I don't wanna say it. <sighs> A lot of Japanese games do that, right? Like the Persona games especially. Yeah. It's my biggest gripe with them. And it's why it's why I stopped playing Persona 5. It's like, wait, so you're going to tell me that the bad guy did this? Yeah, I can't believe the bad guy did this. Yeah. Wow, we got to stop the bad guy because he did this. Like, yeah, yeah. It, and it goes on and on. And it's every time they enter a goddamn room. And it's just like, I can't listen to it anymore. <laughs> this isn't that bad, but there is an element of that in yeah. here. Okay. Uh, where it's where you know it's like I'm innocent. How many times can you tell me that? You know, like that sort of thing. Like yeah. you know, it's it's not it's not bad. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. It's is that's that's a lot of it. There are the end does have some cool twists, but it's also like kind of anime trash silly. Um, Give it to me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I, I would. I would certainly. I would certainly play a sequel to this game. Uh, I think it's cool. This is definitely. Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess there are a few like first time out of the gate like new properties that are on my like top games list this year. Um, yeah, I guess most of them actually, uh, or are like licensed follow ups or something like that. But uh, I was gonna say like this is, is it's a it's a cool idea, and I like yeah. it. Like I like I like the 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 idea that like if you're trying to scratch both of these like very niche itches, like this is you could do it. Like you know I typically don't play bullet hells, but it was nice being able to revisit something like that now, like to to play something like that in this like weird barely justified story, like you know. But uh, gotta throw yeah, a bone to the bullet hell perverts out there. Yeah, yeah. And like, there there Can't are see. like certain certain gripes that I have where like some of the uh, attacks of enemies in the bullet hell section are like glowing pink or like very bright and vibrant, and others are just like this. Just looks like a small rotating like pillar that's like I'm not sure if this is part of the background or part of the foreground. Oh, I died. It's fine. But um, but as you're going through like. It, it feeds into each other. So as after you finish the attraction sections, you have to answer like quizzes and based on the number of right answers you get, that determines how many lives you have in the bullet hell section. Okay. Um, and then if you, if you, when you get to the end of the bullet hell section, bef but before the boss, you have to like present your evidence to, to change the mind of your executioner. And every time you get a wrong answer, it, it takes away three of your lives. So, um, in on easy, you have like if you answer all the five quiz things correctly, you get thirty lives. Uh, on normal, you have twenty if you get all of them right. And I'm assuming on uh, expert, you have like ten lives or something. Uh, but you also, I, I actually the game crashed once for me uh, right after I had beaten the boss. 
uh, on the bullet hell section. And uh, since it crashed like to the Switch uh, main screen, I had to go back in. And because it doesn't let you save anywhere on the bullet hell sections, I had to redo all of that over again, Oof, yeah. which really sucked. That's rough. Um, yeah. And that was already, uh, because each of the prisoners has a different ship type and they have different power-ups and different things like that. Uh, that was already a hard one. And I think I finished it with like one life left and I'm yeah. like, fuck it. Bumping it down to easy. I don't give a fuck. Uh, yeah, as I've, as I've gotten older, that's, that's been the, the cardinal sin of any game is just wasting my time like that. Like yeah. I, I just, I can't, I could deal with a lot of stuff in games. I can't deal with something just deliberately wasting my time. Obviously not deliberately, yeah. but you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it does autosave between like sections. So like I didn't have to read. It wasn't since the last time I'd hard saved, but uh, I did have to do just that bullet hell section from like the levels and then the boss fight and then do that again. Yeah. Um, including all the present your evidence to convince the thing and do the quizzes again. Yeah. But like, you know, whatever. It, it wasn't that long. I think I had to replay like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe Okay. something like that, which wasn't super bad in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I got to say about that. I, if I had to rate it, I would probably give this one a seven or eight. Um, it's got its issues, but I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's got its issues, but I think it's, I think it's very charming. Um, cool. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. So nice. That's all I got. And that's all we got everybody thanks for watching thanks for hanging out with us ronnie thanks as always of course for, for hanging out for being here appreciate you yeah. i've got this entire week off so i wasn't doing anything hell yeah dude great i'm really let's 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 play some games i don't care whether they're fighting or co-op i want to i want to and and hey let's go let's go grab some coffee or something you got it we let's do it we happen to live close to each other imagine that we do i'm very fortunate <laughs> It's uh, hot as balls outside. It's so stupid. I went for a walk earlier today, and I was sweating profusely, and I was only gone for like 10 minutes. Okay, I've been, sorry, I know we're, we're trying to get out of here, but I have been disc golfing recently, and like I've been going out about 6 a.m. or 6.30 because there's no one on the course yet. Uh, my wife might need the car later in the day, and that is the only time where it's possible to play and not pass out due to heat stroke. Because, like, yeah. I'll be done at 9 a.m., and I'm completely soaked all the way through. My disc is sticking to my hands. Like, it is wow. it is rough out there right now. So It is it is 90s to 100s. Yeah, it was 10 a.m. There was a couple was, of days when it rained, and it was like, it was like hey, it's like it's 85. Just, and I'm like here after that, yeah. I, um, yeah. I looked on the uh, my weather app, feel, the feels like section, and it was 10 a.m., and it said 102. And I was like, yeah, that... Feels that certainly feels like 102. I'm gonna go sleep. Ugh. So, yeah. No, thank you. Let's go find something really to sucks. do inside. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Let's play some play some games. I'm down. But yeah, thanks thanks everybody uh, for joining us on episode 237. Can you freaking can you believe it? So many episodes. And can you believe it? No. If you can believe it, it's episode 237 again. Uh, anyways, you can watch us record each episode live at twitch.tv slash platformerspod. You can check out the archived episodes at youtube.com slash platformerspod. And you can hit us up on Twitter at twitter.com slash platformerspod. Uh, if you want to check out the stuff that I do, you can follow me on Twitter at ribnax, R-I-B-N-A-X. You can check out 
my uh, guides over at GameSpot and IGN. Uh, and you can follow, uh, I mean, follow me on Twitter or on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Ribnax. I've been streaming uh, the road to 100% for Elden Ring. I'm almost done. I've only got like mm, one, two, three, four, five episodes, five areas left, I guess. But, uh, man, that's, I'm not as far as I thought. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, uh, that's, that's a lot of fun. I stream over there, uh, infrequently, but now that I've just wrapped up, uh, my last, uh, review for the time being, uh, I'll probably be doing a bit more of that. Um, so follow me over there and please follow me over, uh, on YouTube. The link is on my Twitch, uh, because I'm trying to get up enough followers where I can actually set a channel name. So it's not just a string of ridiculous numbers and letters. Um, and of course, if you follow me over at Twitch, um, I'll be able to set channel rewards and stuff like that, which I'm so excited for. But that's what I've got uh, going on. Chris, where can everybody find you? You can find me at Shrives93. You can also find me on the Toadstool boardroom with Logan Plant and Odell Harmon Jr. New episodes for that come out every Thursday. Ronnie, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Ronnie underscore Barrier. Uh, or at IGN.com. Uh, if you want to see the Capcom Fighting Collection or DNF2 reviews, I'm up there. Uh, I also just wrote a piece about Unreal 5 where I talked to a bunch of developers and asked them what they thought about the new engine and how we could kind of change what they're doing. I'm really proud of that one, so go check it out. It's called uh, What Unreal 5 Means for the Games Industry, and it's a it's a fun piece. took a lot of work. Nice. Cool. Keep up the good work, buddy. Thank you. You're crushing it. I'm trying. We're proud of you. Thank you, Chris. We really are. It means a lot coming from you. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Look at that. Look at that cute boy in that pink shirt. It's adorable. <laughs> Anyways, please review us on your podcast platforms of choice. And if you love the show, uh, share it with friends and family. And uh, I guess happy July 4th if you're out there celebrating. Uh, from everybody here at the platformers, we hope that you have a wonderful week. And stay safe out there. Because until next time, we are out. You remember the count, Ronnie? This, no, I don't. What, what's the count? <laughs> I say one, two, three, and then all together we say four, five, six. Okay. I can do that. I'm good at counting. <laughs> yeah.